Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 44 of Travel Talks, where this week we're going to be looking at an article which we came across where Time Out have ranked their 37 best cities in the entire world, and it's been causing some debate online. I mean, it's very controversial, just, just off, on the off. Like, <laughs> how you even go about doing that is one thing which we'll get know, into, but, know. you know, the results are going to be controversial. We think we've been controversial in the past with some <laughs> of our formats, but, you know, Time Out are really going out, going out for this, and we'll see what they went with, what, what cities came out trumped. Yeah, but before we get into that, we want to talk about our sponsor, because this week's episode is, of course, sponsored by Zencaster. So Zencaster is an online podcast and audio video call recording service and is an absolute game changer for remote podcasting and recording calls. Now, if you've ever wanted to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you want to level it up, take it up to the next level, and you are looking at doing more remote recording, it's 2021, but it's something we're very used to, Zencaster <laughs> is the recording recording software for you okay so what you need to do is you can try it for free to start with and if you like it just as much as we do then you can go away and upgrade to a professional membership by using the discount code travel talks so that's one word all lowercase and you'll get 40 percent off for the first three months which also helps us to keep making the podcast nice now before we crack on i want to chat to you a little bit mate about what we've got coming up in yes. terms of our lives because we've both got some travel coming up yeah uh, which is exciting it's an exciting really exciting topic. I haven't thought about international travel outside of work since the pandemic. Honestly, this is the mm. first time. And I've got something booked. And I'm so go, excited. Go on, go on. Tell me all about it. So uh, I, unfortunately, in the coming weeks, will be turning the big 3-0. And I'm not happy You don't look it, it, mate. You don't look it. <laughs> yeah, I don't look a day over 29. <laughs> you could have fooled me. So I've, it's one of those, you know, milestones that no mm. one wants to to get to. Um, but you know, alas, it's happening. I've got to deal with it. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. We, I started thinking about what could, what could I do to kind of commemorate this, the celebration, the mm. event. Um, and the girlfriend of I planned a trip to do on the week after my third year. Yeah. Which is shock. We're going to Greece. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. joining the rest of the <laughs> UK population. Nice though. But we are doing something different, something I've never done, and I like to consider myself someone that's done some interesting travel yeah, here yeah, and yeah. there. We're going to Greece, going to the islands, but we're spending six days on a yacht, a sailing yacht, traveling wow. around the islands. Now, before I go into that, I know it sounds bougie. I know it sounds <laughs> like this is like, I want money bags. It's uh, not actually the case. We oh, found a really good deal. <laughs> we found a really good deal, um, which is it's basically, I'd say, comparable to hotels 
in mm. in the same islands um but it's your accommodation it's also the boat that takes you around all the islands yeah, but yeah. you're able to kind of jump off it do some, do some snorkeling there's a tender which takes you like a little boat that takes you onto the islands for dinners at night and stuff and you live on the boat that sounds absolutely awesome essentially there's loads of people on the islands just like everyday people that own these boats and mm. they just they either go through an agency or a company and you go on them. We haven't got it to ourselves. I sleep six people. Mm. And depending on how many have book, booked it, you'll get like another two couples. Yeah, on, yeah. The, on the, We don't, I think at the moment, there's only one other couple that have booked. So there's four of us. That'd be amazing. Fingers crossed no one else jumps on. I know. I'm excited about it. I, I'm kind of terrified about any change in government travel plans before I then. think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. Greece, from what I've seen as well, is pretty safe. And also, like you're double jabbed. You can go anywhere, anywhere that's an amber listed country. I know it's amber at the moment. It's not going to jump to red. Fingers crossed, touch wood. So I think you'll be fine. Fingers crossed. I'm excited for you, man. Cheers, man. I'm, yeah, maybe um, I'll take lots of photos and stuff and uh, yeah, we'll report back once I've done it. But you've got some travel coming up as well. Aren't you going to Slovenia? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, essentially, we've been allowed to travel and I've kind of gone all in. <laughs> kind of like making up for a, a completely lost 18 months and kind of making it happen in in the next three months so yeah like you say we're gonna go to slovenia my girlfriend and i have got an amazing trip to slovenia books where we're gonna spend eight days and try and cover every single inch of the country and leave nice. it completely completely covered so we're gonna start in ljubljana which is of mm-hmm. course the capital and a city which looks absolutely amazing I, i've researched quite a lot about it and it really really does intrigue me i feel like i've watched every video whenever i want to go somewhere I always deep dive into YouTube and watch every single video. And I've seen so many videos on Ljubljana and it looks amazing. Uh, And then from there, we're going to hire a car and kind of take it on a a road trip around Slovenia and go head south to the Adriatic coast and a coastal town of Piran, which is the only coastal town, the only tiny bit of coast that Slovenia actually has. But it kind of looks Croatian in its uh, Mm. architecture. And that really appeals to me. But we can't enjoy it too much because we've only got one day there. And then from there, we're going to head north, um, go and see the Pastonia Caves, maybe the Scoian Caves as well, because there's a bit of debate about which one of those are the one to see if you can only see one. Um, and then we're going to travel up through and past the Socha River, do a bit of kayaking on the Socha River uh, and stay in a, in a town called Bovec which mm-hmm. is kind of the place apparently to explore Triglav National Park, which I'm, I know you've done, Saunders. And what you made, a place. You made me want to do it as well. Your pictures there have honestly made me want to go to Slovenia. And I feel like I have to see Triglav National Park because you made it look amazing. And then from there, drive around to the archetypal place from Slovenia, Lake Bled, the mm. picturesque. People say, honestly, people say it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I'm so excited to see it for myself because I feel in the last year, when you go away and you take pictures and stuff, nowhere ever looks right. Nowhere ever looks as good in a photograph. You can capture its beauty, but to see it in person is something different. So I'm so excited to see that. And then to finish it off, before we head home, we're going to head west. No, east. Sorry, I've got my compass completely wrong. We're going to head <laughs> east to um, one of the best spas in Slovenia. It's a place called Terme Alinea. And the thing about Slovenia, apparently their waters uh, have like healing properties. Mm. So for centuries, people have fled to Slovenia for soaking in the water and kind of healing wounds and stuff. So as a result, their spas are really, really good. So excited to spend the night there before heading back to Ljubljana and flying home. So it's going to be hectic, but I'm so excited. I think you're going to love Slovenia. It's a really cool place. Um, 
And yeah, Libyana, it was, it was, we only did the similar thing. We arrived there, obviously you fly mm. into there and then we did like a day there and then we went up to Bled and Triglav. Great. Um, but yeah, you're, you're gonna love it. Triglav is unbelievable. Like, I think it's probably definitely one of, yeah, one of the best mountain ranges that I've experienced in Europe. Nice. And I think that's because you can go do these really cool walks and hikes without seeing loads of people. So you'll love mm. that. Lake Bled, get up early. Yeah. Especially because you're going like this time of the year, you might get maybe a little misty morning at some point. Ooh, nice. It's like something from Disney. Yeah. With the with the the uh, church in the middle and like the mm. still water. If you get up early enough as well, I'm not talking like three a.m. But like if you get up <laughs> like you know six a.m. or so, get mm. out before the crowds start getting in the water or before the boats start running, and you just see it completely flat. Yeah. And like the reflections, oh mate, you'll love it. It's oh, really, really so, I'm honestly so excited. And I, I kind of feel like off the back of not traveling abroad. I mean, I went to Spain, but other than that, and not traveling abroad for 18 months, you kind of, the thirst for it is is even more so. And obviously we've been speaking to these amazing people of all these amazing travel stories, but we've not been able to travel. So I feel like finally I'm going to be escaping and actually traveling to some of these places that people have recommended. So I'm so excited. We should do an episode, like a recap of your of our oh, travels definitely. when we come back and be like, you know, how did it go down? What did we learn? That sort of thing. Maybe even do some little phone recordings while we're out there that we yeah. can like throw to ourselves. <laughs> back on <laughs> That's holiday. good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of hyperbole and I can easily, easily see myself calling this like the best country in Europe or something. So <laughs> I'm just getting ahead of myself now and warning <laughs> listeners that if, if I do there, then I've kind of preempted it. I can, I can see it happening already. Right, so let's get on to the bulk of the episode. So this is about an article which Time Out wrote to rank the 37 best cities in the world. And straight away, 37. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a strange number. <laughs> it's a I weird don't know number. how they came to that. <laughs> it's not like it's a top 10, is it? It's like, it just seems to be a thing that people do now, isn't it? Like, you know, Vogue have got their 73 questions. Yeah. BuzzFeed have always been like, you know, 109 ways to look like a <laughs> Simpsons character. Like, what are you talking about? Just make it 100. Like, just do it. <laughs> Why are you trying to be edgy? <laughs> anyway, anyway, time out. So they, they went away and they quizzed 27,000 city dwellers and asked them to rank the best cities in the world. And what they did, because I went and did this survey as well myself to kind of get a feel about how it operated. They asked people to rank the city which they live in. So it's not talking okay. about a place which you visited and the experience you had there in a short period of time. It's the city that you've lived in essentially through lockdown. That's good, actually. That probably makes more sense because... If you're voting on someone that you've only visited on holiday or as a short break, even if you've lived there for like maybe a month or so, you're not going to have as much to say mm. or offer in terms of like wealth of information. Mm. Whereas like if you live there and you grew up there, you're going to be like, you know, this is good for X, Y, Z. That's definitely more balanced. I like that. And also 27,000 people. That's a decent data set. Oh, yeah. There's like, absolutely loads of data there. Let's. I'm really keen to see if this is this resonates with us, their top 10 or their top 20, whatever, the same mm. as ours. Because they've done the numbers. They've done the work. Uh, it'll be interesting because it is still a subjective issue, isn't it, at the core? Yeah, massively. But before we start, let's talk about how like lockdowns have affected city life, because being in lockdown in a city, I mean, it's not the most appealing place to be. You want greenery, you want outdoor space when you have to stay inside. Perhaps you want a garden, but cities have been a challenging place to be during lockdown, haven't they? For sure. I mean, like I think in this country, in the UK, everyone's or a lot of people that live in cities have thought, like, how do I get out? And if they even have just you know planned, I'm going to go work from an Airbnb for a week or something, mm. just a little bit of a break. 
Um, and I know it's happening in the US as well. People have thought like going back to their parents where they grew up and like just mm. to get a bit of a change. Is I think that's one side. It's like a you know a mental thing, but there is also the factor that living in cities is really expensive. Mm. So you know you're more aware of the value your your value you're getting living somewhere if you can't do the things you're usually doing. Yeah, and yeah, suddenly yeah. you start feeling a little bit shortchanged. I certainly have living in mm. London. So yeah, I mean that I think that's a very fair observation. Lockdowns have definitely taken away that appeal. But of course fingers crossed touch wood everything is kind of getting back to normal and kind of like we're seeing the normality of life resuming and myself personally i feel like i'm being lured back to city life and it's it's the thing that i crave most because lockdown the last 18 months has kind of been a bit boring to say yeah, the least kind so of. city life <laughs> yeah all right definitely city life is as far from boring in terms of a place and a place to be so I'm being lured back to cities and that's the place that I want to be right now. So what about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I can't lie that the last few weeks, especially maybe month or so, seeing kind of things feel like they've come back to normal, seeing more people on the streets, you know, theatres mm. are open in London, you know, there, there's less obvious restrictions in restaurants and bars, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, and it's not like, you know, that I know the rates are still kind of there or thereabouts, but it isn't as doom and gloom as it was. Mm. So it kind of feels like we're stepping in the right direction, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feeling a little bit more like I live in London again, which has been great. Yeah, happy days. But to talk about the survey and essentially what they conducted, they went away and they wanted to find out which cities really kind of stepped up and pulled together this year. They asked not just about the food and culture, but about community projects, green space, sustainability, and finding cities that were not just thinking about now, but also the future too. That's fair enough as well, because, you know, the way that people think about the place they live has changed so much, right? And mm. the way we think about anything, really, there's these new veils of kind of things to consider, right? Especially, you know, like you said, with sustainability in terms of how, how much green versus concrete is there, you yeah. know, these are all really valuable things to us now in life. So I'm really glad that they included that because I feel like we're, this is being set up to be really accurate. So if they start throwing yeah. in some <laughs> real left field suggestions in the top 10, I'm going to be livid. Okay, let's talk about how it was actually conducted then, the things that were rated and how they ranked them. So the list was put together based on answers across every category in the poll, along with insights from their editors and experts worldwide. And they asked voters to vote on their own city, rating each category out of five stars. And the categories started with eating and drinking, art, culture and museums, nightlife and party going and community spirit, which I kind of feel like encompasses the entire city vibe. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. And I I think they're the things you want to know about when you're visiting somewhere, which is obviously Mm. the angle we're looking at it from. You know, we're we're looking at where do you want to go on holiday? Where do you want to visit? Mm. So to know how a city ranks on those categories... Yeah, I think they've done they've done that quite well. And the next section of the poll, they asked people to select both positive and negative words they would associate with their city. And then after that, they asked people how easy it was to do certain things, such as express yourself, make new friends and relax. And then finally, they asked people about how optimistic they were that their city was making positive change for the future too. So it kind of, I feel, encompassed everything. You get a real spectrum of what these cities are like, not only to live in, but to travel to too. Absolutely. So... Obviously, to go through all 37, we would be here for a long time. So what we're going to do is we're going to count down to their top 10, but run you through some, you know, the top 20 and some of the highlights from before that, just to make sure you kind of get a vibe of how the list works. There's some Mm. contenders in there that you would expect to be a lot higher. We're talking like the likes of Boston, Bangkok. You know, there are a few in there that I think people would have Beijing, you know, Beijing only being 27. Budapest Uh, as well, Paris. I mean, 
Paris has been controversial for us on this podcast in the past, but some people would have it in the top 10. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dubai, Miami, Singapore, you know, Milan, all of these Mm. places don't make the top 20, which I think is really interesting. So, I mean, with that in mind, should we move on to what did make the top 20 and go from there? Yeah. Okay. So we'll count down the top 20, but we're going to be quite brief about it because the top 10 is really where we're going to kind of focus our attention. And to start with the top 20, the 20th placed city is Hong Kong. I'm glad it's in the top 20. Mm. Personally, I would put it higher because it's somewhere I've been a few times. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's a it's an amazing city, but I'm glad it's in the top 20, but I uh, I would have given it a bit more love than that, I think. Okay. Uh, and then 19, you've got Mexico City. It's not a place I've visited. I've been to Mexico, but to actually spend much time in the city is not something I've done. Yeah, somewhere I've been a few times again. Um, for Actually, somewhere I've been every year for the last three or four years. Really? Okay. With, with Formula E. Um, and with that, I get to experience a little bit of the city. So... Would it make my top twenty? I think it would make my top twenty. Mm, okay. Would it? Would it make what I could would consider the world's top twenty? Even if it was taking my own experiences out of the equation, perhaps I would have thought this would have been in the thirty-seven, but not the top twenty. Right, okay. Okay. So then eighteen, you've got Madrid. Oh, I absolutely love Madrid. Madrid gets a lot of flack. I feel it's I think spoken about quite negatively quite a lot in terms of like a major city in Europe. But I love Madrid. I mean, we had a great time in there when we went uh, in late. 2017 i believe and it was yeah an amazing city you've got a massive football culture in there as well which i mm-hmm. love of course you've got great parks great restaurants so yeah i feel like 18 is a solid space for it to be i think on this list the thing is with spain is they're, they're sport for choice haven't they they've got mm. so many good cities like you to, the, i think uh, i haven't seen yet but i'm assuming there's going to be another spanish city in this top 20 mm. um i'd be surprised if there wasn't uh, and if there isn't then the Madrid being picked over the likes of like Seville or Barcelona. Mm. Interesting. Mm. All right, let's rattle through these then. Uh, so you've got Shanghai 17. Quick yeah, thoughts yeah. on that. I can see that, you know, it's a really populated city, one of the most visited in China. And it is sort of future, it's kind of future proofing yeah. itself. It's, it's yeah, had yeah. a massive transformation. So yeah, that makes sense. Love it. Okay. 16, Sydney. Yeah. I mean, again, huge, huge city. I think decent way of life, decent um, mm. earning potential. I think if you live there, I might have got that horribly wrong. But yeah, I've enjoyed it when I've been there. That makes sense to me as well. And carrying on the Australian theme, Melbourne in 15. Isn't that interesting that 16 and 15, both from the same country? Like yeah, the fact I... that there's even two within the top 20 from the same country, I think is pretty good going for Australia. Mm. I think as well, it's about the how the poll was kind of conducted is as people who live in these cities. It's about the way of life, essentially, as much as anything. And yeah, I can definitely get on board with the idea that Australians have got a good way of life. I did predict it. And yeah, Spain <laughs> have another one in the top 20. Maybe even there's another one to come. But yeah, 14, Barcelona. Yeah, solid pick, I think. I mean, it's got it's got coastline. It's got a bustling city. It's got great football, great food. It's got a lot to offer. And I can understand why it's such an appealing city to live in. Robbie Knox actually spoke about wanting to live in Barcelona. So he'll yeah. be happy to see it 14. Absolutely. Uh, 13, London. Now, you know how I feel about London. I, I love mm. it as a city. I love it as a city. I think it offers a lot. It, it never makes my top list because I always mm. like going elsewhere. Right. But I can I think this deserves a place in the top 20 because of what it offers to the world. Yeah, I mean, it surprises me, to be honest, because I, I know a lot of people who live in London. I live on the outskirts of London and work in London, so I speak to people quite regularly. And it's it's in the last years had quite a negative feel about it mm-hmm. in terms of the idea of living in London. So it surprises me that, to be fair, people who've taken this poll have voted it so highly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
The next one is Chicago in at number 12. I think that's so interesting because you you think about all of the places you could go to in the US, like mm. all of the cities and states that might come up pretty highly based on the, the voting. I wouldn't have, my gut wouldn't have gone to Chicago for a top 20, mm. but there it is. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere which is a bit more positive perhaps and has a happier way of life from an outsider's perspective at least is number 11. Los Angeles. See, that makes more sense to me because of mm. like, I, I mean, the weather has to play into it as well. Oh, absolutely. Like Chicago, going back one, can be really cold. Yeah, really, really cold. Really, really, there's, really you cold. know, there's, there's, so there's all quite a lot of crime issues on the, the suburb, suburbs of um, the city. But yeah, Los Angeles, number 11, that makes more sense to me in terms of the US. All right. Now, top 10. We said we're going to spend a bit more time now. So we're going to read out what Time Out have said about each of these places. And things about each city which set them apart yeah okay so starting off i think this is completely justified Mm. number 10 tokyo yeah an amazing city which i feel anyone who's been to japan that comes on this podcast absolutely raves and they can't not talk about their love for tokyo so time out to start with they said what makes it great the face mask that quintessential pandemic era staple was already a common accessory amongst tokyoites before covid hit which is perhaps why life here never really slowed over the past year an overwhelming 82 percent of survey respondents said tokyo was great for discovering new things look around and you'll notice loads of new venues and attractions have cropped up across the city over the past 18 months some 73 percent of those polled also said the city is great for getting around without a car the city's super efficient public transport system ensures everyone can easily enjoy all that the city has to offer yeah i mean i I don't have anything to argue with that you know i've experienced it it was great everything they said there makes complete sense to me definitely deserves a place on this list top 10 as well i'd say yeah Mm. very justified nice all right, number nine, it's a Portuguese city. And if I was making this list, I would have it as Lisbon, but it's not. It's Porto. Interesting. Yeah, because if you think about Portuguese cities, you'd probably default to to Lisbon, like you said. Mm. But the fact that they haven't is interesting. But what have they said about it? Well, some 73% of Porto residents said their city was great for culture. That makes sense with you know mm-hmm. the wine and everything like that. And even in the midst of a pandemic, you'd struggle to disagree. Throughout the past year, Porto's legendary graffiti artists have been busier than ever, splashing the streets with some much needed colour, while our many, many galleries have been surprisingly active too. So that's good that like, art hasn't taken a hit during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, they said the city has also begun to give back public space to citizens, with ample pedestrianisation, cycling infrastructure, expanded terraces and new community gardens. Now, this Mm. sounds like Mm. future-proofing. They're definitely moving up in the world, aren't they? They're giving more to the people that go there and live there. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of getting greenery within the city space. So you kind of have a bit of both. One thing that they said, which I really, really liked at the end of this little kind of recap, was that many people started baking bread, cakes and cookies at home, you know, as they did everywhere in the world. But Mm. I love the idea that in Porto, one of the things that the people that voted actually said was loads of those people have now gone professional and turned it into a career. I like it. I like that a lot. And a world with more pastel donatas is a world <laughs> that I want to live in. <laughs> me too, me too. When I was in Lisbon, we actually did a pastel donata course uh, with a with a lovely man called Zhao, and it was absolutely incredible. And seeing how they make them on such scale as well, so, so quickly. I mean, they're artists. Let's just say that. Absolutely. And it also says that they're leading the way in making friends 
After Manchester, Porto was voted the second best place in the world to find new pals, with 62% of locals saying it was easy to do so. Now, that's what you want to hear if you're looking for a European city to live in, isn't it? Like, mm. where can I make the most friends? Well, according <laughs> to this survey, I've 62% of a chance to make some mates. <laughs> yeah, I think it's massively overlooked, to be honest, in terms of like a city and, and definitely in terms of a place to live. Because if you've been pulled away from family and friends, maybe for work or another reason, you want to find new people, you want to find new friends and kind of indoctrinate yourself in that new way of life. So it's definitely important. And Mm -hmm. I like the fact that Porto, I would never have thought of it, but it's the second best place in the world to do so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's incredibly picturesque as well. It looks looks like somewhere you want to visit just by looking at a postcard picture of it. Mm. Um, So there's no doubt, no question that if there's all this vibrant culture and art and great food and stuff that... People like it when they live there and they visit there. Uh, moving on to number eight. This is a surprise for me, but I do completely understand how mm. it's got its place because I think people that live there and that are from there think very highly of it. And that is Tel Aviv. Yeah, immediately. I think it's going to be led its way because before we get into it, because of the vaccination and how quickly they got onto that. And they were kind of like the leading country for that. But let's get into it. Time out, I've said, Tel Avivians are a hardy bunch. When COVID hit tourism, this high-tech hub hit the reset button. The pandemic caused the city that never stops to take a well-needed pause. Spaces like Dizengoff Square, I hope I've got that right, and Park <laughs> Hamisella played host to picnics, gigs, screenings and talks. And after the lockdowns, Israel led the vaccination race. And before long, locals were back sipping cappuccinos in cafes and doing yoga on the beach. In our poll, 81% of Tel Avivians said that their city was fun. And 84% said that they can express themselves. Indeed, Tel Aviv is home to the region's biggest pride parade, the widest choice of vegan options, and its nightlife always offers a real alternative too. That's that's fair play. I've I've actually had the fortune of visiting Tel Aviv once, very nice. briefly for a few days, and I, it was very enjoyable. I thought it was like considering where it is, you know, being kind of in the Middle East. I liked how it had a real like European vibe to it in terms of mm. you know the beaches and people and like the restaurants and stuff around the beaches. You can't forget though that there is that additional sense of danger as well Mm. based on where it is it's quite a volatile political area so that's why i was surprised that it would make this yeah because you know in terms of if you don't live there is it in your top 37 places places to visit in the world if you were going with that parameter not that this Mm. this survey does that but if you bear that in mind it seems interesting that this made the top 10 but i mean if people there love it so much then that's a good sign right yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always been a place which has intrigued me. I've never been, but it's a city which I've definitely got my eye on and I will visit at some point. I mean, like you say, the media portrayal of the country at the moment makes it feel like it's not the safest place to visit at the moment. But perhaps in years to come, it's definitely going to be somewhere I go. Yeah. So one of the things they said they're leading the way in based on the survey, which was uh, lots of things, apparently for the second year in a row, they were voted the funnest in the world. <laughs> and we're all and we're almost likely to be described as good for people like me. Became second in food and drink category mm. behind only Shanghai. No, I like that. It sounds like a very accepting city, which is of course amazing. And the way to be nowadays, you can be anyone you want to be when you go to a place like Tel Aviv, apparently, which is absolutely fantastic. And then moving on to number seven, it's a city I absolutely love. I've, I've been there before um, with my friends and an amazing time there, and it's. Prague. I haven't been to Prague before, so mm. I don't have much reference. I know a lot of people that have have heard a lot of stories, mm. but it's really nice to hear that it's been voted so highly in this survey. Yeah, it's got a stigma around it as kind of like a stag do destination, but in terms of culture, food, everything you want from a city break in Europe, it really kind of pulls its weight and 
carries itself amongst the top in Europe, I would say personally, that I've I've experienced definitely. Okay, well, let's have a look at well, some of the highlights from the survey. Uh, lockdowns hit Prague suddenly and severely, but thankfully the city's eye-popping beauty remains unscathed. In this year's index, in fact, some 82% of Prague locals still sung the praises of the city's looks. The Golden City's gradual reopening has presented amazing opportunities to simple pleasures unthinkable in a pre-pandemic Prague. That's good because that's mm. not just about you know how they've gone back to normal, it's how they've adapted, how they've kind mm. of created new things to do. Having charged Charles Bridge almost to yourself, the audible chirrup of birds in the Old Town Square and contemplative morning coffee down a deserted side street. And in the fact that the Czech capital is incredibly walkable, with 89% of us saying it's easy to get around without a car. And you've got hands down one of the most livable cities. Mm. That's a pretty decent review, isn't it, if you're from Prague? I mean, that's, for me, on cities which I like to explore, that's one of the things I value highest. If you can get around walking without having to, like you say, get a taxi or look into public transport, that's a top, top city. I like the idea of getting your steps in, maybe going for a run. A lot of people like going for a run in the morning and kind of exploring all of the sites and seeing them all. That's that's a top city for me. For sure. And at the moment as well, like the idea of being on cramped public transport isn't mm. what everybody wants. So there's good that there's options. Go on, on the subjects of exercise and running, I think one of the things that went down really well is that there's huge swathes of greenery in Prague, mm. in the six boroughs that make up Prague. So that's you know, lots of different parks, which are kind of all year, all year playgrounds, they said, where you can jog, read, picnic, play frisbee, or even go sledging in the winter. <laughs> nice. I mean, Prague was the voted the most likely to be described as beautiful by residents. Perhaps as a result, it also came second for relaxation. I like these parameters. They're, they're giving me a real sense of what that place is like to visit. Mm. You know, now I'm thinking Prague, really picturesque, really pretty, easy to get around, and I'm going to have a relaxing time when I'm there. And moving on, number six in the Time Out 37 best cities to visit in the world is Montreal in Canada. Nice. I mean, I'm intrigued to learn more about this place because it's not on my bucket list. I've got to say, in terms of Canadian cities, there are places which I want to go first before Montreal. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I would say the same. I've never been there. I've been to Toronto. I've been to different places around Ontario. Mm. But I know that this is a a place that people from the US will commonly visit because it's just a leap over the border. Mm. Um, And I've heard great things about it. I know a few friends that have worked there for periods of time and um, said, oh, I wish we could go back there to work. It's amazing. So in terms of like what Time Out said, they said when the pandemic hit last year, Montreal has rallied. This city is famous for its community spirit and up against the biggest crisis in a generation. We showed enough of it to make any city proud. As our famous music and politics make abundantly clear, conformity has never been in fashion here. And it's those differences that bring us together. 73% of locals would describe Montreal as diverse and even more say that it's easy to express who you are. Our city may be in a perpetual state of construction with seemingly endless protests, frigid winters and boiling summers too, but at least we've got each other. I like that because it, it's, it shows that people from Montreal, they, they know what they want and they go and get it. Mm. Like They're not just sitting on their laurels waiting for it to come to them or hoping that things will change. If they, if they want change, they'll go and ask for it and go and push for it. Um, and I think that's one of the things that was also part of the survey is that ambition to plow ahead with a wealth of innovative green projects like the plans to ban single-use plastic and transform downtown boulevards into mm. urban forests. So there is that real future-proofing as well, which is important to people when thinking about places to travel. Mm. You kind of want to go to places that you don't feel reminded of, you know, the concrete and the the kind of the world that we live in that isn't kind of necessarily 
embracing the future. It's sort mm. of like part of the old. So the idea of going to Montreal and they're they're looking in that direction, they're making things more green and they're going, you know, they're doing what we all need to do. I think that's quite comforting. I think before we move on, just to quickly <clears throat> touch on kind of what seems to be the key focus of Montreal is the people. Mm. And I think now more than ever in, in the last year, it's been abundantly clear that people and friends and family are the most important thing. So Montreal seemed to have that dialed and it seems to be that they'll just accept you for who you are. You can do what you want, be who you want and they'll support you. So in terms of the people and how nice it seems and how happy it seems to live in this environment, mm-hmm. it's definitely made me want to visit there. I can't, I can't lie. And number five, it's a big one. And I think most people would expect it to be on this list. It's New York. Yeah, for sure. I think if you ask 100 people, or in this case, 27,000, <laughs> what makes a, you know, the a top 10 list, New York would always be in there. And one of, yeah. the, one of the key words that stood out on the survey was resilience. Mm. Uh, I think they said that's why it doesn't come as a huge surprise that New York City got high marks for just that quality of resilience in this year's survey, coming in as the most resilient of all North American cities. Nice. From the continued success of its Open Restaurants Initiative, which transformed sidewalks into vibrant community hubs. It's managed to survive and thrive over that, those difficult 12 months. Thanks in large part to that iconic New York can-do attitude. Mm. It found creative solutions to changing health precautions. And now the streets are almost back to normal. You know, the, the buzz is there in the way that we remember it and the way we think about it with New York City. Yeah, I mean, it's such a cool city. And I feel like anyone who's not been to New York definitely has it on their bucket list. I think largely due to the fact that it's so prominent in film and television. Yeah. Personally, when I went to New York, I was kind of just on this tour of places which i recognized and starting off of course with central park and i feel like you step into central park and not only is it just like this article suggests a haven for people who live in the city they can escape into the into the greenery of central park but you just recognize places it feels Mm. so familiar even though you've only just arrived at somewhere you feel at home straight away in central park i mean for anyone that hasn't visited there's no doubt about it that it's intense Mm. Like the sights and sounds, there's a lot going on. It's very like stimulating, sometimes maybe overstimulating. But one thing you can always say about New York is no matter how much people complain about it, even people that live there complain about the cold in the in the winter, mm. complain about the sun, the heat in the summer, they stay there. You know, yeah. it takes a lot to get someone out of New York. They really have to be going in a different direction with their life or they have their job mm. has to move them out. Like uh, it's it's a real hub of creativity and just kind of youthfulness and all these things to do isn't it yeah i think that's a really really good way to put it i feel like people who live in new york are living a certain lifestyle and you wouldn't move out of new york unless that lifestyle changed because there'd there'd almost be nowhere that could even begin to rival the chaos and the hustle and bustle and like like they said in the in the text the can-do attitude i feel like there's nothing you can't do in new york if you're a performer if you're into the arts if you're in any sort of industry that will kind of be the hub in terms of America. So unless you have a change of mindset and you want to get more greener, you want a slower pace of life, you want to relax a bit more, there's nowhere you'd rather be than New York, surely. Yeah, got to agree with that. We're taking a short break from this week's episode to talk to you about Zencaster. Okay, so Zencaster is an online podcast and audio video call recording service and is an absolute game changer for remote podcasting and recording calls. Now, working on Travel Talks, we spent so long mm. trying to find a service or a method that worked for the podcast. Nothing was hitting the quality level that we wanted, to, we were trying to aim for until we tried out Zencaster, which, as Alex said, was an absolute game changer. What I love about it, we've spoken about it before, is the ability that you can kind of record 
online, but it feels as if you're in the same room. There's none of these awkward internet delays or buffering or anything like that. It feels like you're sat face to face. And the good news is that you can try Zencaster out for absolutely nothing. Free, nada. <laughs> and get a taste of what it offers. And if, like us, it did massively or it does massively help improve the quality and production value of your recordings or podcasts, then you can upgrade to the, a professional membership and, with our help, get a taste little discount by using the discount code TRAVELTALKS. One word, all lowercase, and that discount will get you 40% off the first three months. Right, let's get back to the show, mate. Coming in at number four, a strong one, finally a uh, appearance of a Scandinavian country in this top 20, we have Copenhagen in Denmark. Yeah, Copenhagen thought of very, very highly. Denmark in general is widely considered to be one of the happiest places in the entire world. So it makes sense that the 66% of Copenhageners said the city was relaxing in our poll. General quality of life here is high and no doubt the city's most innovative green initiatives help put locals' minds at ease. 60% of us think that the city is green. But there's so much more to Copenhagen than Highgate and radical dual purpose energy plants like Copenhill. In fact, 82% of residents find it easy to discover new and surprising things in the city. And we can all raise a glass of Aquavit to that. Yeah, for sure. If you haven't heard of Copenhill, by the way, mm. I'd, I'd look it up. It's amazing. They basically, it's like an, an energy plant, but they've turned the outside of it into a dry ski slope and a, a hike and a climbing wall. Nice. It's actually in a. It's in a Ford advert. They use it in a Ford advert. Okay. It's it's like oh, I probably recognise it. Yeah. You definitely recognise it. it. It's basically like a blueprint of what you could do with big buildings in cities and make them like multi-purpose. Sounds it's, awesome. It's really, really, really cool. Definitely look into it. I think there's one thing that makes this, I guess, even more poignant that it's number four mm. is that as a visitor to Copenhagen, it can be incredibly expensive really really expensive i think that's almost kind of put to one side because people who live there are voting for this and i suppose mm. like anything if if you live in the city you're, you're paid accordingly by by your employer so the cost to an outsider like us whose currency isn't as strong as theirs we go there and think it's really expensive but to them it's just normality uh, but one of the things that copenhagen does have for itself is it's forward thinking nature you know mm. it's sustainability journey it's what it's doing as does a lot of as do a lot of countries in scandinavia I think one thing that came out on this survey that really trumped Copenhagen above others, which was their cycling infrastructure, mm. which obviously is not only doing good things for the planet, but it means that getting around the city, both as a resident and a tourist, is really easy and quick and efficient. And Copenhagen is looking like a place, a city that is very green. I think based on this survey, it came the capital in terms of sustainability. It came out top wow. in, in terms of sustainability in that category and second in the world for I guess the word green when the people were voting for it. I mean, amazing city to live in then. I'm I'm definitely keen to try and visit Copenhagen this year. So I'll report back as to how I would rank it in comparison to this. I have heard that there's some good Christmas markets. So maybe like mm. tie it in with a, a pre-Christmas break. Sounds good. Sounds really, really good. Let's move on to number three. And like we said at the start, this article has kind of been dividing opinion online, of course, and gone viral for many reasons, but I think the most divisive reason is number three. And number three is Manchester in England. What? <laughs> what? Of all the countries in the world, you've got like Miami and Buenos Aires like rocking it back up in the 30s. And mm. you've got Manchester number three. This has to be based. I mean, obviously, we know it's based on people that live there as boats, but that's got to be such a weight, right? Yeah, I mean... 
potentially, you know how these surveys go if they kind of get posted in forums and kind of massively get picked up by certain people, then potentially it's weighted. But I, let's approach this in the mindset that genuinely Manchester deserves its spot at number three because I'm excited. I've visited Manchester like four or five times, I'd say, mm. across my life, mostly for like work. So I'd go in there and do a shoot and then come back. So it's not a perfect example to see the city and all that it has to offer. But I've been to gigs there. I've experienced the hustle and bustle of the city. And it is an amazing place, which often does get overlooked, especially by us, mate, especially by us Southerners. Yeah, true. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I really enjoy Manchester. I think it's a great place. And it's probably one of the five places in the UK that I think I could easily live if mm. outside of London. But in terms of this list, like this is a global international mm. list. I think the fact that Manchester has made the top 10 of, you know, the best cities in the world to visit is incredibly strong. Mm. Uh, and, an, uh, you know, and it's probably the best advert the city will ever get. Oh, definitely. Without doubt. I mean, I feel like even just off of this article alone, I need to go and see it again because was I missing something straight away is my first question. And then yeah. secondly, like, have I given it enough chance? Have I seen what it actually has to offer? Because surely people who live there love it so much that why wouldn't I love it? Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the words that came out quite heavily in this survey, similar to New York, was resilience. The mm. idea of, you know, Manchester thrived, even with the the difficulties we've had over the last few uh, year and a bit. Um, Mancunians, very proud people. So... No wonder that 71% describe the city as creative in the timeout index. And obviously it's the home of a lot of things like factory records, the fall and the Smiths after all. Mm. Uh, also, you know, there's some things that aren't existing anymore that were really part of, I guess, Manchester's putting itself on the map uh, in terms of music and that sort of thing. In, in 2021, the likes of Manchester International Festival and Grayson's Art Club continue to show how the city really punches when it comes to big cultural events, music, art, that sort of thing. I wonder if one of the things that really helped Manchester in this kind of context of how they dealt with the last year and how they came back stronger and stuff was all the things with, you know, like Andy Burnham as their their MP kind of really fighting for the city to get equal, mm. you know, opportunity and, you know, ha have it have the restrictions reflective of their position in the country, but also all the Marcus Rashford stuff with yeah. you know, giving meals to vulnerable locals and school kids. I imagine if that probably really helped that sense of community when you live mm. in Manchester. No, I like that a lot. There's, there, there is a real sense of community, I would say. That's what's setting this apart, Manchester apart, from a lot of the places we've spoken about so far. And I think we've got to remember, again, this was voted for by people who live in Manchester. They know the city as, as, as well as anyone. They, they're proud of the city. They're proud of their community. Going back to perhaps a part of Manchester I haven't seen properly, they say that they're leading the way in general great vibes. I mean, the city has a reputation for knowing how to have a good time. And it came as no surprise that it was voted for nightlife, creativity, community spirit, friendliness, and getting to know your neighbours right at the very top. The top city in all of those categories. That is huge. That is huge. Considering, you know, you've got the likes of New York, I'm gonna say it again, Miami, all the places in South America mm. that make up the 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 higher, let's say higher stages of the list, you know, closer to thirty seven than than to the top ten. But still that's a that's a big claim and clearly people that live there really, really rate that. I definitely feel like I have to book a little weekend away in Manchester. Right big now we're going into final two <laughs> i'm not surprised that this one is in the top 10 number two is amsterdam yeah 
absolutely amazing city. So, so good and so many things to enjoy. Um, but in terms of what Time Out said, they said, what makes us great? During the pandemic, Amsterdam has felt the absence of culture and social life more acutely than most. Yet the city has used the time wisely, focusing inwards on its famous beauty, history and community spirit, whilst vowing to do away with the coffee shops, brothels and drunken debauchery that it's so blighted its historic centre. In this year's poll, 47% of Amsterdamers said the city was green and 27% described it as sustainable. I mean, that's quite a low percentage straight away, I would say. Mm. And they say, to be fair, that sounds low, but for most descriptors, Amsterdam's scores were amongst the highest. During last year's lockdowns, the city aimed to cement its status as a modern, environmentally aware metropolis. Seemingly, the strategy has worked. Fair play. Fair play. I mean, it's a great place. Even pre-lockdown, I, I would I say it's a great place and it would I would comfortably put it on my top 37 best places in the world to visit. Mm, um, mm. So it doesn't, it makes complete sense to me where it is. I mean, there's some amazing things to do in Amsterdam. You've got a great nightlife. You've got, you know, great culture, great art, great, you know, it looks amazing with all the canals and the mm, old buildings, mm. but even things like the Vondel Park as well, which is just an amazing, huge park and an oasis right in the center, which is there as like a place to hang out, a place to meet friends, but also has, you know, a lot of culture, a lot of, music theater sports it's kind of the it's or that time out describe it as the city's lungs Mm, i get that i get that i think it's a common theme for these uh, cities who are appearing right at the top of this list is they've got somewhere which is not only an escape from city life but also kind of like a community hub that people can go to and i feel like with london with big cities for example not many people have a garden so if you want to escape you want to escape your flat your 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 own personal space and go somewhere green everyone's going to kind of flock together to this one communal space which kind Mm. of brings with it the idea that it's hosting these jamming sessions with people playing guitars and this community spirit for sure for sure and i you know one thing they they mentioned in this survey as well is that amsterdam came third in the sustainability category third in the word green and Mm. was rated second best for the best place to take a walk in nature so you can see how these things are valued quite highly within people that live there that's i guess that's quite you know typical to dutch and people from amsterdam based on if you've got it there you're going to enjoy it Mm. but it did seem to be you know a category that came up quite a lot in some of the reasons why these cities were ranked so highly Mm. And just before we move on and move to the number one spot, I just want to pick out a reason potentially why it could be so high. You spoke about the canals. Mm. I do think with cities that have a river or a, or some sort of water running through them, I do think that kind of brings peace and tranquility. I would say like pulling onto a really, really uh, recent example, Bristol. Bristol in England is an amazing city and it has uh, the River Avon running through it. And I feel like it's a, it's a hub. Again, like you said, with Vondel Park, it's a hub for the city. People get drawn to it. It's obviously in the centre. But it's calming to have... I don't know what it is about it. I there must be a reason. But anywhere which has that river running through it, I, I do find a sense of calm. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a reason why the water therapy is, is used in so many different types of, you know... Uh, mindfulness and meditation and things you know it's the idea of being around water things like that like float tanks as well it's that Mm. same sort of theory so it makes sense you know it's that natural it's it's that nature it's that kind of you know wild elements isn't it that kind of draw you back to what it is to be human and be part of this earth Mm. not to sound too kind of like bohemian about it but um yeah i I think and clearly the way that people have answered this survey and this uh, and and the way that this list has been put together that people value that so you ready mate 
Are you ready to find out what's number one? I mean, we already know. We can kill the suspense straight away from that perspective. But are the listeners ready? Because I would say I'd put £100 on people not guessing this to be number one. Really? Okay. I mean, I wasn't overly surprised, just to kind of tee this up a little. I wasn't overly surprised to see it at number one. I've heard amazing things. I've not been to this city, so I can't speak from personal experience. But I've heard amazing things. But like you say, there are so many cities which... I kind of feel I would have guessed to be near number one. Number one is San Francisco. <laughs> so did that massively surprise you? I mean, it, it, I've been there. It's a great place. I, don't get me wrong. Like it, it deserves to be on a, you know, a list of best places to go in the world for sure. But number mm. one, you know, that's a huge accolade. Mm. Of all the places you can think of in the world, you know, the best places to go. I'm just curious if you asked 100 people, what, you know, what is number one best city in the world to visit? How many people would say San Francisco? I, w- I would say not as many as this would make out. But again, mm. keep saying it. This is voted by people that are from the city. Yeah, I think that's what I love most about this poll is because you see a lot of these articles going around and they kind of rank things i mean we've done it in the past and it essentially boils down to one or two people's opinion on something ultimately like we said before that's not a massive sample size and are we missing something have we just simply not been somewhere or the experience we had on the on the visit which we did have somewhere wasn't as good as potentially it could have been this is done by people who know the city better than anyone they know the hidden quirks they know what it's like to actually be there on a daily basis so it's I've got to say, I, I'm going to go off this. I'm, I'm going to trust this. I think this is more accurate than any article, arguably, which has been covered in the in the travel space in terms of ranking cities. This, for me, I'm going to take as gospel. Wow. I mean, huge <laughs> claims. Claims getting <laughs> flown out all over the place. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I told you I was a big fan of hyperbole. I, I, I'm always going to say that it's a subjective issue, isn't it? But I think this is a good indicator as to what a place might be like. And if you say these are the things that a city was ranked highly on, I associate with these values, so I'm probably going to enjoy going to this place. I'm going to put that higher up my list. Then 100%, this survey is going to do a great, great job at doing that. But yeah, I guess it does depend on what you like. Mm. Yeah, true. But what did the people say? So some of the things that make it a great place to visit right now, which of, of course is what this article is all about. It's about, you know, places to visit right now. It seems like in the last year, through all the difficulties, San Francisco has kind of come out pretty well in keeping businesses alive, keeping the creativity Mm. flowing, good like initiatives about keeping restaurants, employees working. And then if they're not open to the public, they're making meals for those in need. Mm. Community spirit, neighbors are taking care of each other through different aid networks, that sort of thing. One one food initiative, which I think is amazing, (laughs) is is this kind of story that there was one person that started hanging sourdough starters from trees <laughs> to, to help fuel all the, all the kind of the uptake of people baking at home to kind of kill time and get, you know, keep their hands busy. You imagine that just like walking down the road and being like, oh, sourdough starter. Thank you. Because it's I quite mean, difficult. Yeah. sourdough, You know, so um, and always uh, San Francisco sourdough is one of the most popular types, isn't it? Mm. I mean, you've got to be a brave person to walk up to a tree in San Francisco <laughs> and pick up a sourdough stuff and think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that home and mush that into some bread and eat it. <laughs> True, but the idea is nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's glad that, I'm glad that it's a positive story. I mean, it could have gone another way. I think obviously San Francisco has a benefit of good weather like most of the year round as well. So mm. with that, you've got you know outdoor dining, you've got activities that probably were allowed to still happen. And people still getting that release from surfing or beach activities and other things in the big a lot one of the many parks. Like I imagine that did have a bit of a sway 
into people's enjoyment of the last year because they were still mm. able to do a lot of the things that make living in that city so great. Yeah, absolutely. And another way that it kind of sets itself apart, apparently, is the fact that it's so progressive. It came mm. first in the category. I mean, you'd expect that from the city that finished number one, but in its progressive attitude, with 73% of respondents describing it as such, and second in sustainability. So those are the key factors, I feel, that the the places which are finding themselves near the top of the list are sustainable. They're green, they're progressive, they're forward thinking, they're accepting of people for whatever they want to be. So it's almost no surprise that San Francisco is so high. Yeah, that's really true. You know, if you said to me at the start, these are the prob- these are the most common themes that people voted mm. on, where would you say is top? You would definitely put San Francisco in there. So that makes sense. And it's, it's a good testament to the city as well, that despite all of the difficulties and, you know, hardships of the last 12 24 48 months san francisco is coming out as a you know what this is a great place to, to live and more likely than not a great place to visit too so that's the list then we've done the entire list i mean the only thing i feel like we could do now potentially off the back of that is say what missed off the list what were you surprised is there anything that potentially you think maybe could have rivaled san francisco for number one spot or something which we didn't even cover at all yeah, completely. Like with anything like this, there's always going to be subjective and controversial uh, mm. thoughts and feelings about things like that. But we always want to know what people listening think, because mm. as we've kind of shown our own little surprise about certain places in the list, others will have the same. And, you know, if there is somewhere that didn't make that top 10 or even that top 20, obviously we didn't read through all of the full 37, but we'd love to know. We'd love to know why mm. you think it deserves that spot. And let's let's just say if you do do that, and you do want to let us know, try and keep it within the same parameters. The idea of, you know, what it's like to live there. If you're from there, essentially, let us know what you think. Absolutely. I'm, I'm intrigued. And then any answers we get, we'll read out on the next episode. So please do send them in traveltalkspodcast at gmail.com. Make them as wordy as you want. We're excited to hear what you think. Get passionate, get creative, get talking. But if you want to send us it on Instagram as well, you can always DM us as well. We're quite active on our DMs as well. So we'll pick that up. So there we go. A little bit of a different one going mm. through that uh, that article. I think it's interesting. Definitely some interesting results in there. Um, but it was good to see. And I, I do like the approach of really taking to, into account how these places got through the last year and what that mm. says about them as a destination too. Yeah, mate. Loved it. Really, really fun concept. Really fun episode to record and of course we're going to be back next monday where we've got a massive guest lined up for you and as always we want to know what you think of these podcasts not just the the topics we covered but you know in general things that you'd like us to talk about Mm. things that you want to hear more about things you'd like us to go into more detail about if we have talked about it but also anything you can do to help get this podcast out there more we've talked about word of mouth and how important that is with the podcast format and medium reviews you know giving it ratings getting involved with the sort of polls and the other things we do on instagram and things like that it's all really helpful and it's great for us to get a bit of a pulse on what goes down well and what are things that we could do more or do less yeah i mean the most obvious way you could support the show is go and leave a review on apple podcasts it'd be amazing if you could give us a five-star review obviously we're not going to make you do that, but it would be a bit awkward if you went away and gave us less. <laughs> but yeah, if you could give us a five-star review and write some nice words as well, that would be a massive motivational boost for us. I know it lifts me and I'm sure it lifts you as well, Saunders. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I guess all that leaves us to say is thanks for listening and we'll see you next week for another episode of Travel Talks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.